You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Guardians Radio Network. Guardians Weekly is brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance. everyone welcome to guardians weekly jim rosenhouse along with you as we join you from tropicana field in st petersburg this weekend the guardians taking on the tampa bay rays in a three-game weekend series day baseball both saturday and sunday as the guardians wrap up a three-city road swing that has taken them to chicago and boston prior to their series here in st petersburg and a pretty good week so far after friday night's win the Guardians with a winning road trip to this point. Later on in our show, we will hear from suddenly red-hot hitting Miles Straw, the Guardians center fielder. We'll also visit with James Karinchek, Guardians reliever, and Kirk McCarty, who earned his first major league win on the mound earlier this week at Fenway Park in Boston. We'll also hear from Rob Serfolio, the director of player development for the Guardians, a farm report from Rob. But first, our week in review. And the week began Monday night in Boston, a 3-1 loss to the Red Sox at Fenway Park, but a big bounce back on Tuesday for the Guardians as they would win at Boston by a final score of 8-3, and they got it going early. First inning, runner in scoring position for Owen Miller. Now the 2-1 from Winkowski. It's on its way, and it's swung on in line. Left center field. That gets down for a base hit. Rounding third, heading for home is Ramirez. He scores. Into third goes Naylor. On the RBI single by Owen Miller, and the Guardians take a one nothing lead. Guardians added another run in the second inning thanks to the power of Austin Hedges. Hedges launches one high and deep above the monster. Home run, Austin Hedges. 2-0 Guardians. And then the biggest blow of the night came in the third, courtesy of Nolan Jones batting with two men aboard. Here's the pitch to Jones. He swings and launches one high in the air. Deep right field. Home run, Nolan Jones. He cleared the bullpens. And it's a three-run shot. And that is a huge home run for Jones. It's 5-0 Guardians. Number two in the major league career of Nolan Jones, who has now driven in a dozen. Boston got back into it in the bottom half of the third inning with two runs to cut the Guardians' lead to 5-2, to two, and it might have been even closer if not for a fine defensive play by Jones in right field. There's a swing and a high fly ball, shallow right. Coming in is Jones. He's there, and he makes the catch. Tagging, uh-huh. heading for home. There'll be a play to throw, a beauty, nice and throw. he's out. Bogarts is out. On a fine throw by Jones. Good tag by Hedges. And we'll see if it stands. Bogarts thinks he was safe. 
Well, you think there'd be a replay here with his reaction, but what a throw by Jones. And here we go. After review, with the ball on the field stands, the runner is out. Boston loses their challenge. Meanwhile, on the mound, it was a bullpen day for the Guardians, and Kirk McCarty gave the team a huge lift in his four innings of relief work. McCarty was a seventh-round draft pick by Cleveland back in 2017. The 2-2 swung on, ground ball to the second baseman, Andre Jimenez. He's up with it, throws on to first in time for the out. Three hitless innings now for McCarty, and he'll get a fourth for sure. And, boy, for a bullpen game, this is going well so far for Cleveland. In the eighth inning, Ahmed Rosario delivered to extend the lead. The 2-2 is swung on and lined to right a base hit. Quan heads for third. They're going to wave him around. Here comes the throw, and it's not in time. Quan scores, and naturally, as the throw came through, Rosario moves up to second. He'll get credit for an RBI single and advances on the throw, and it's now 8-2 Cleveland. RBI number 34 on the year for Ahmed Rosario, and the Guardians' big night here at Fenway continues. And then Emmanuel Classe was on in the ninth to finish things up. Here's the 0-1 pitch from Classe. Swung on, grounded to the second baseman. Backhand pickup Jimenez, throws to first in time for the out. And the Guardians take game two here at Fenway Park. 8-3 to three the final and a solid effort all the way around. So a nice win on Tuesday night to even up the series at one win apiece. On to Wednesday. Again, it was the Guardians taking an early lead as they took advantage of another defensive miscue for the Red Sox in the second inning. Now the 1-2. Swung on. There's a chopper to the right side. Knocked down by Cordero. Uh-oh. Turns and throws it back into his own dugout. He airmailed it over everyone. Reyes scores from third. Everyone else will move up an extra base. So Miller goes to third. And moving up to second is Jones. And... The Guardians take a 1-0 lead. Austin Hedges followed with an RBI ground out, and then Miles Straw kept the rally going. The right-hander sets. Here's his pitch. Swung on, and there's a line drive. Left center field hit well. Ticketed for the alley, and it splits the gap. One hop off the wall. Jones has scored. Straw's into second with an RBI double. And the Guardians have three runs on the board here in the second inning. It is 3-0 Cleveland. The Red Sox answered in the bottom half of the second with a two-run home run by Bobby Dahlbeck. That made it a 3-2 Guardians lead. But in the fourth, Cleveland stretched the lead again, starting with Stephen Kwan. The 1-1, swung on, ripped past the first baseman. Down the right field line it goes. Jones has scored. Flying to third is Hedges. He'll be held at third and into second with an RBI double, Stephen Kwan. And the Guardians are back in front by two runs. It's now a 4-2 ball game. Quan with his 15th double, 28 runs driven in, and his tremendous rookie season continues. Boston responded again, two runs in the fourth to get to within a run, and then in the sixth, Bobby Dahlbeck put the Sox in front 6-5 with his second home run on the night. So the Guardians would need to make something happen late as they have done so many times, and they'd get it going in the eighth inning with a runner at second for the red-hot Miles Straw. It's now 6-5 Boston. Here's the pitch. 
Swung on, and there's a line drive right center. This one's headed to the alley, and it splits the gap. It's up against the wall. Scoring is Jones into second with an RBI double. Miles Straw, and we are tied at six. Then in the top half of the ninth, Josh Naylor stepped in, hoping to add to his impressive late-inning resume. 2-0 the count. Here's the pitch. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball. Deep left. Way back. Home run, Naylor. Over the monster. Guardians back in front. 7-6. And it comes late, which is the time to shine for Josh Naylor all season long. It's amazing. And he's done it again. And then Emmanuel Classe was on in the ninth to finish things up. Here it comes. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball to deep right center. Back on it is Straw, and he makes the running catch midway through the warning track to end the game. And the Guardians win it 7-6. to six. Wow, wow, wow. Miles Straw with the great wheels in center. And the Guardians come away with a one-run win here at Fenway Park. Thursday, a 4-2 loss to finish out the series at Fenway Park in Boston. And it was on to St. Pete. Friday night, series opener. Tampa Bay grabbed a quick lead with a run in the first. But the Guardians evened it up in the fourth thanks to Andres Jimenez. Here's the pitch to Jimenez. He swings and lines it down the right field line. Fair ball. That will score Miller. Jimenez is on his way to second. The throw's a beauty, but he slides in safely as it gets past Chang at the bag. And Andres Jimenez comes through. What a year he's had with men in scoring position, and he delivers again to tie this game at one. How about that? Only two left-handed bats in the lineup tonight, and one of them comes through Andres Jimenez. Then in the fifth inning, with a runner on, Jose Ramirez stepped in. One and one the count on Ramirez. Here's the pitch to him. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball. Deep left center field. Tracking it is Quinn. He's at the wall, but this ball is gone. Home run, Jose Ramirez. Number 21 on the season for Ramirez. And the Guardians take a 3-1 to one lead. What a year for Ramirez. And in the seventh, he was back at it trying to provide some insurance. Here comes the 0-2. Swung on, line drive, base hit center field. Browning third heading for home is Quan. He will score. The throw goes to third. Safe there is Rosario. And naturally, Ramirez moves up on the throw to second. He's in safely. And the Guardians have a three-run lead at 4-1. to one. Meanwhile, on the mound, Shane Bieber, he gave up that run in the first, but that was it as he shut down the Rays the next six innings. The 0-2 pitch. Called strike three on the outside corner. Chang caught looking. Eight strikeouts for Bieber, who seems to be getting stronger as we go. That is nine in a row retired by Shane Bieber. Trevor Steffen worked a scoreless eighth inning, and then Emmanuel Classe was on to close things out again in the ninth. Here comes the pitch. Swung on, a chopper to third. Clement goes to second for one. Jimenez to first. Double play! And that'll do it. The Guardians a winner tonight in St. Pete. 
And they get it done with an outstanding defensive play to end it. Great work on the mound tonight by Bieber to start. And then the bullpen with Classe at the end. And the Guardians take one. Game one of this three-game series by a final score of 4-1. to one. So a solid 4-1 to one win in the series opener for Cleveland. They're back at it again on Saturday and Sunday. Day baseball both days in St. Pete. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll hear from Guardian center fielder Miles Straw. That's after this timeout. When you bundle your renters and auto insurance with Progressive, you could save money, but it doesn't cover any terrible memories living rent-free in your head. Hey, just wanted to remind you of that time your kicker missed the extra point and lost the game. Even though he literally never missed an extra point, he chose this playoff game to miss. Yeah, I just noticed you hadn't thought about that in a bit. Wouldn't want you to miss, you know, thinking about it. Sorry, we can't save you from that memory. But we could save you money bundling your renters and auto insurance with Progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Renters insurance and bundle discount not available in all states or situations. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tim Anderson leads off. First ball swinging. Hits a blooper into shallow right center. Diving his straw, and he made another great catch. Welcome back to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse back with you at Tropicana Field in St. Petersburg, where the Guardians are finishing up their three-city road swing of 11 games to start post-All-Star break play. It has gone well so far. They are 5-4 and four heading into the final two games of the road swing over the weekend. Miles Straw has been a big part of things once again at the plate. You may remember at the beginning of the season, he was the Guardians' leadoff hitter and, and got off to a real nice start in the month of April, but then really struggled in May and June. But he has found it again at the plate, and he explains how he's been able to get back on track. You know, just kind of the adjustments I've made, I feel like, uh, just in the cage with Val and, uh, and um you know, and Vic and those guys have been helping me and, you know, just keeping me positive and, you know, working on a couple of things. And, you know, other than that, just, you know, staying positive and going out there and just having fun and, you know, it makes playing the game a little bit better. Hey, you mentioned staying positive and having fun. This game can beat you up a little bit. And uh, how difficult was it during that stretch to, to try and maintain that, that good positivity as you're trying to work through some things? Yeah, I mean, sometimes it can be tough. Um, but, you know, like I said, it's a, it's a game of failure. So at the end of the day, you know, just about everybody fails in this game. So, um, you know, it's just about turning the page, coming out the next day and seeing what you can bring to the table to, to help your team win a ball game. And, I mean, that's all you can really do. Teammates helpful in that area too? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, whether it's on or off the field, you know, just whether it's, you know, going to get breakfast and talking with someone or, you know, at the field helping with, you know, whatever you, gotta, whatever you need help with. I mean, it can be anything. So, um, you know, teammates are a big part of that, you know, turning the page. And, um, you know, I'm very thankful for that. What gives you the confidence that at some point it's going to turn because of, of where you are and, and what you've done in the past? 
Yeah, I mean, I've you know I've always been a, a good hitter in my opinion, and you know I'm not, you know I, I know it's there, and it's just about you know just like staying, you know having that positivity and telling myself I can do this, and uh, you know little things like that. So um, you know, sure enough, you know I feel like you know that tough time has passed, and you know this team's playing well, and we're all feeding off each other, and you know that's all you can really ask for from your teammates. And you know, like I said, I feel like we've been playing well and passing the baton to the next guy. Miles Straw joining us after a, a big hit last night and late in the game, and it comes in the eighth inning. You drive in the tying run. It seems like this happens a lot with this ball club, where late leads by the other team go away, and, and your team comes out on top. What's going on with this club? Why does that happen? Uh, we just don't give up. I mean, we have fun and we compete, and you know that's all you can really ask for is uh, you know just you know to go out there and compete and play your heart out, and you know that's what. One through nine does on this team, you know, on or or on on the you know on the field in the batter's box, you know, we don't take a pitch off. So, um, you know, it's it's just fun to watch. I mean, you know, it's I feel like we have a new guy that contributes every night, and um, you know, that's how the sport should be. You know, other guys pick each other up, and you know, that's all that's all we that's all we need from our guys. Because there were some comeback wins early, has it made it? I don't, I don't want to say easier to do it now, but is there more confidence now to be able to do it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we've done it over and over again. I mean, when we're down, you know, down a couple of runs in the ninth inning, you know, no one's just like, oh, you know, this is it. You know, we go up there and we fight, and, you know, that's what we try to do. We try to get it to the next guy, and, you know, usually it ends up working out for us so far. And, um, you know, knock on wood, hopefully it keeps, you know, keeps going. But, um, you know, that just it just shows what this team's built for, and, uh, you know, we don't give up till uh, the final out and you know it's exciting to watch those late late game at bats one more game here at Fenway Park about as unusual an outfield as you'll see and everyone talks about the monster in left but you're playing center there's a lot going on out there too what are the challenges for a center fielder here uh yeah I mean just really knowing your wall kind of you know if you're in center you know to the right it's it's really shallow and to the left you got that 420 pocket out there so just kind of knowing the wall I guess and um kind of knowing how even even the warning track here is bigger so you got to know little things like that if I got to go to the wall you know usually I have like five or six or so steps in a normal warning track so you know this one's a little bit bigger so just knowing the little details I think helps a lot well nice going last night Miles good to see you back rolling thanks thank you that's Miles Straw a lot of good confidence there as he survived a tough stretch at the plate and has come out on the other side in really good shape and has had a, a big month of July and back being a regular contributor to the Guardians offensively. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll talk pitching with Kirk McCarty and James Karinchak as we continue on Guardians Weekly after this break. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Jim Rosenhouse back with you. It's Guardians Weekly from Tropicana Field in St. Petersburg. Guardians and Rays with a pair of day games this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Earlier in the week, 
Real nice story for Kirk McCarty, the left-hander who was up from AAA Columbus to provide some protection if needed out of that bullpen as the Guardians had a hole in their rotation heading into play on Tuesday night at Fenway Park. They started Brian Shaw, the first start of his major league career after 732 relief appearances, and then it was McCarty coming on midway through, and he threw four scoreless innings, and that led to his first major league win. And we had a chance to catch up with him afterwards, and he said it, it took a little while for that accomplishment to sink in. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think it hit me last time when I got back to the hotel and really got to slow down. So that's something you dream about. Um, super exciting. You know, all I could say is it was a special night for for me, and my family, and everybody who supported me along the way. And you've been a career starter. You get it coming out of the bullpen, but I imagine uh, when you throw four scoreless, it doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, we'll take them however we can get them for sure. And what was going on last night that allowed you to to just seemingly been in complete control for an extended period? You know, I think after the the first inning, I really kind of almost had an epiphany. Like, you don't have to do more than you do in AAA. Just compete, use your stuff, get ahead, get strike one. And then Hedges had a great plan back there. So just trust him, roll with him, and try to execute as many pitches as I could. Kirk McCarty joining us. A win, his first major league win on Tuesday night at, at Fenway Park. And, uh, Kirk, you look at at your journey this season. My goodness, so much has happened for you personally professionally had a chance to pitch in the major leagues for the first time but that comes with it in in your situation some trying times I'm sure how difficult has the month of July been just personally keeping it all together well I I went through four very boring years in the minor leagues where I stayed put with where I was at and I've told everybody if you had told me this year I would be DFA twice by the month of July I would have told you heck yeah let's do it because that means I got a shot to pitch in the big leagues so um, it's been crazy. You know, we, we, we welcomed our daughter in May, and then that was right after my first opportunity in Yankee Stadium, and then now we've moved three times, I think. Um, been with a different organization for a whopping week. So it's been uh, it's been crazy, but I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. You mentioned that part of it. You're with the Orioles for, as you said, about a week. Uh, if you, When you were DFA'd that second time by Baltimore, was there in the back of your mind that, that maybe you'd be back with Cleveland at some point? I think I always thought there was a chance. Um, but you just kind of wait your 48 hours and, and see what happens. And then uh, when Baltimore called me, I, I think, you know, I, I just I maybe had a gut feeling. So I wasn't, I wasn't too surprised, but I was really glad to be back. I'm sure you've talked about it a million times, and, and we've talked about it on the air. But uh, for our listeners who maybe are hearing it for the first time, you had just a, a wonderful experience in high school as a football player uh, to play under one of the greats of the game, a, a Hall of Famer in Brett Favre, who, who's from your hometown. Uh, explain what was going on there as a quarterback for your high school football team. How did he help? I think he helped me a ton, obviously, in football. I think I knew very little compared to what he knew about the game and maybe hindered me a little bit in learning because he could just tell me what to do, and then I didn't really have to learn too much. I have so many, like... He, it was he was playing a different game than us, um, but I, I really think in baseball he helped me a ton. He was just so tough, and he, he required us to be tough, and he was tough on us. Uh, so, so I think he instilled a, a high level of competitiveness in all of us. And, and and the one thing I'll say about Brett is that you know he cared about every person on that team. It was so cool to see like guys that didn't play. He took the time to learn their names and learn their story and and build relationships with them. So. I've got a lot of respect for him. He's helped me a ton along the way, and we've continued to stay in touch a little bit here and there, and he congratulated me when I got an opportunity, and 
had good words. So he's he's a, somebody I really look up to and respect. As a high school kid, for you and your teammates, when you found out that that he might coach your team as something to, fun to do for him, what was your reaction? Well, he was always around. So my when I was in middle school, I met him for the first time, and then. I think I kind of lucked up. My junior and senior years were the only times he was actually had the time to be technically on staff. Um, so I think we all knew at the time that it was a great opportunity, but I don't think when you're 17, 18 years old that you really understand how, how cool it really is. Um, but looking back, we have a ton of good memories. We all still stay in touch, all the guys on that team, and, and talk about it and have our stories. So it, it was really special. Yeah, fun times in high school, I'm sure, and, and a great time earlier this week at Fenway Park. Uh, Kurt, congratulations. Thanks for coming by. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Real nice story for Kurt McCarty, and he may get another opportunity here this weekend in St. Pete. Also out of the bullpen earlier in the week in Boston for the Guardians, James Karinchak, who was dominant early last season but had an injury issue in spring training this year, and he's still trying to really work his way back into form. And we had a chance to visit with Karinchak earlier this week, and he talked about what he needs to do to progress as he gets back into the flow of pitching at the major league level. Uh, I mean, my biggest problem since I've been uh, in baseball has been command. And when I, I think when I'm throwing strikes, I'm usually uh, pretty efficient and pretty effective. And again, I get to throw to the best catchers in the world, and they make me look really good sometimes. You mentioned that command, and, and you had it going real well for a while last year, and, and then it went away, and I know you had the injury to work through. Uh, have, have you been able to unlock what it is that allows you to, to get on those good rolls? Uh, I'm trying to get better every day and unlock. I don't know, but uh, every day I'm working with the trainers, uh, trainers here, our pitching coaches here, and uh, you know I'm trying to make the, the best version of myself today. Can you say if, if you're at a spot where you like to be, or, or is it always something where you're, you're looking to get a little bit better and see what you can do? I mean, I'm always chasing to, uh, to be the best I can be, and I hope I'm never complacent with uh, where I am. James Karinchek joining us as uh, the Guardians get ready to take on the Red Sox again. Jim, you you had an injury in spring training, and no one wants to go through that. But time spent in Arizona getting ready again and, and rehabbing and all that, if there was a plus side to that, can, can you point to anything out there that, that maybe makes you better down the road? Uh, makes me appreciate every day uh, in places like this, man, uh, especially like Fenway growing up a New York guy. Uh, I mean, this is one of the fields I always dreamed of playing, about, uh, playing at, and uh, it means a lot every day putting on the uniform to me. You mentioned loving the game, and uh, you're back in that pen at the major league level with some familiar faces. Uh, what's it like to be back with the Brian Shaws and, and some others out there? Yeah, I mean, we have a great group of guys. Uh, we really all mess together, and uh, I feel like we smile a lot, man, from anyone to nine. And we get real revved up when our guys are hitting balls off the wall or hitting balls over the fence. And, uh, again, like I said, man, it's a, it's a pleasure to be out there. And one of your bullpen brethren makes the start tonight. Uh, but what can we expect from Brian Shaw, and is he still in the group even though he's starting tonight. Brian Shaw is always going to be in the mix, man. That guy's a dog. If he pitches five innings tonight, he's going to be asking for the ball tomorrow, and uh, it's a blessing to have him in our pen. James, thanks a lot for the visit. Thank you. That's James Karinchek. A lot of confidence there as he tries to become much more consistent, if he can, on his uh, way back here at the major league level. And uh, we'll see how that transpires here in the uh, weeks and days ahead for him. Stay with us when we come back. It's an update on the farm system with Rob Serfolio, the Guardians Director of Player Development. That's next on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. When you bundle your renters and auto insurance with Progressive, you could save money, but it doesn't cover any terrible memories living rent-free in your head. Remember when one of your 
your best players got injured, but not like on a play or anything. He got injured celebrating a play, and it's not like it was a game-winning play or in the playoffs. And he was out the rest of the season because he was injured while celebrating? Yeah. Sorry, we can't save you from that memory, but we could save you money bundling your renters and auto insurance with Progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Renters insurance and bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Jim Rosenhouse back with you for our final segment of Guardians Weekly here on the uh, Cleveland Clinic, Guardians Radio Network, and that's where you can find our show each week, usually Saturday, uh, right around game time or so, a little bit beforehand or afterwards. You can also hear the show online at cleguardians.com. All the archived editions are there, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts as it drops in podcast form shortly after the show airs on the radio network. Rob Serfolio is the Guardians' Director of Player Development, and it has been a busy time for the player development staff. And uh, Rob talked about those specific roles for his department leading into the recently completed draft and the upcoming trade deadline. First off, you know, this is such an exciting time of year, as as you noted with with the trade deadline and obviously the way that Major League Baseball kind of reorganized the time in which the draft happens happening during the all-star break and then the trade deadline comes right after. So it's an exciting and and busy time of year. And anytime you can bring new players into the organization from the draft is, is always a great time of year. And, and there's, I think just one of the cool things about our organization in general is just how collaborative a lot of things are. And, and the draft really is a great example of that with, you know, obviously Scott Barnes being our scouting group that really drives the year round work. And then in the coming you know weeks and months leading up to the draft, a lot of our group in player development, whether it's you know actually some of our coaches and coordinators or you know our domain directors like Nate Fryman and, and Stephen Oster, who respectively kind of you know run our pitching or our hitting and pitching groups, like those groups have an opportunity to to contribute to some of the work that goes into assessing and analyzing the the potential players that that we might select, and you know it just creates really cool synergy across both groups so that when we end up acquiring the player, we have members of our player development group that kind of know their story and, and are able to kind of start that, that introduction process and work with the scouting group directly so that we know exactly who these players are to the best of our ability. And we can allow for an easy transition um, when they come into the organization. So that's really what this next week will be all about in Arizona with with you know a little bit of the first time getting to meet these guys and and then obviously on the on the trade deadline side of things as well very similar where it's a, a collaborative process and you know our domain experts have an opportunity to kind of contribute to some of the things that that Chris and Mike and, and Matt Foreman are, are weighing as as we're coming up to to August second. Well, and they always talk about um, when it comes to trades. Obviously, you're looking at players from outside the organization, but you better know your own players too and, and, and have that, well that real good familiarity. And, and how much has that been taking place, not only with the trade deadline coming up, but just year round? That's a great point and, and a huge part of, you know, kind of just our normal in-season workflow on the minor league side. And, and obviously most of it is geared towards our coaching process is really to be able to assess where a player is and, then outline a, a set of interventions or programming to help him on whatever his highest leverage development goal 
is. And then we want to assess how well that programming is, is actually moving the needle on what the player's working on. And so that's something that we kind of run throughout the course of the year. And, and I think does a, a really good job of just helping our, our coordinators and coaches kind of step off the day-to-day work and, and look at how our players are, are doing on field and, and make sure that, that we're giving them as, as good of coaching as we possibly can. And so that's just our normal workflow. And it obviously becomes even more important this time of year so that, you know, we have updated and, and in, updated information on as many players as we can to help support the group that's really, you know, weighing those decisions as we get close to the deadline. Rob Serfolio joining us. He's the Guardians Director of Player Development. Let's talk about some players in the system, and uh, we'll go right to AAA Columbus, where Will Benson has had just a tremendous season. He continues week after week to put up impressive numbers in so many different areas. And uh, I know we've talked about him before, Rob, but now there's some staying power to it, and it has to be awfully exciting for a former high-round draft pick. Exciting is is almost an understatement. If we were if we were doing this live, you'd see the you know the huge smile I have on my face, and I think that's one of the cool things about Will is is really anyone who talks about this kid and just the the quality of character and the way in which he goes about his work puts a smile on a lot of people's faces. And and obviously a former first rounder dating back to 2016. That you know it's it's been a, a longer development track, but Will just has some incredible natural athleticism and things that he can do on the field and we're starting to see all those things come together and he's posting some career best numbers and in various different categories despite playing at the highest level he's he's ever played at so again I think it's just a huge credit to Will himself for just having a a super tough mindset and an ability to to dig into to things that are going to help him, not just in the short term, but in the long term, be as good of a player as he possibly can be. And, um, you know, everything from things on offense to learning how to play a new position in the middle of the middle of the year that he had almost zero exposure to at first base. And just the way that, that he's able to kind of attack those things in a, in a positive manner is, has been really fun and just a huge credit to so many people throughout our organization on the defensive and, and offensive side that have helped him along the way. So really exciting to see some of the trends that we have and um, always fun when, when guys are kind of, you know, knocking on the door because of the way that they're going about their business and their performance. So that's, that's exactly what Will's doing. Might be able to say the same for Bo Naylor, who not that long ago was still in double A, but now at triple A and, and continuing to put up really nice numbers. And I know his brother, Josh, at the major league level, they have that dream of playing on the same major league team. And, and uh, Bo's trying. It sounds like he's, he's really made some, <laughs> some nice progress to try and get to the major leagues as quickly as possible. But what's he doing at, at that triple A level that's really been exciting? He certainly has, and I think both Bo and Josh, there's a there's a lot of people in, in player development that are hoping to, to see that one day as well. And, and I know we've talked about him too a couple of times, Rosie, just dating back to a lot of the work that, that Bo did in the offseason with, with our hitting group in particular out in Arizona. And and again, like similar to Benson, I think just so much credit goes to to Bo and his willingness to challenge himself to to get better and better each day and, and obviously playing a, a really demanding position behind the dish. The fact that he's been able to do what he has offensively and really kind of flip the script for, you know, a, a season last year that, that he wanted to make improvements off of. And he's just been able to really maintain a lot of the work that, that we started last off season and, and just continue to get better. And for, you know, a 22 year old kid to, 
to go up to triple a for the first time while playing one of the most demanding positions on the field defensively and just continue to do the things that that he did in akron has been really impressive and and again i think credit goes to our triple a staff and our double a staffs for for really collaborating on the work that we were doing before he made the jump up to Columbus and then making sure that, you know, Jason Esposito and Andy Tracy and all the guys that are helping Bo both offensively and defensively were able to kind of, you know, copy that script and continue to support him in the best way that we can. So, um, you know, really good collaborative effort by our group. And again, a lot of credit goes to Bo just for continuing to get better. Well, we always like to to talk about the the great performances as a player moves up to a new level. Pitching-wise, there's a couple of pitchers who started at AA and are at AAA now, and and that transition has been difficult, at least from a numbers standpoint. Logan Allen and uh, Xavion Curry, they're they're getting their feet wet at AAA. What are some of the challenges that that they are facing as they try and make that that step to the next level on the minor league ladder? Yeah, and and these are some of the – I'll use the word growing pains, even though we don't look at it like that. You know, this is actually we see as a an exciting challenge for these guys being two young pitchers in their you know professional careers that have gotten to AAA pretty quickly. And I think we all know that each time you you climb a a rung of the ladder, the competition just gets that much more fierce. And and those guys are working through how to make those adjustments. Uh, they'll go through this when they hopefully eventually get to the major leagues and have to find a way to tweak their their stuff and, and the way that they're you know pitching certain hitters when when they get to the big leagues and so this will be a great learning experience for for both of those guys and, and Hunter Gaddis as well who recently made the jump up from Double A so you know obviously with them being younger starting pitchers they are going to have to go through some of of that natural learning curve and adjust to a slightly different baseball that's in triple a that's in double a that more mirrors the the major league baseball so all those factors are you know kind of what's the the exciting part of it is it creates new challenges for for really talented players and i think when we're at our best those guys um step up to those challenges and, and i think all three of these guys will be primed to do so rob as always great stuff thanks so much for coming by and we will talk to you again soon Thanks, as always, for having me, Rosie. Hope you're doing well. That's Rob Serfolio, the Guardians Director of Player Development. And we thank Rob for stopping by each week to fill us in on what's happening in the farm system. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Guardians Weekly. Thanks so much for tuning in. As always, thanks to Brian Matze for all of his help in putting together our show each week. Until next week, when we join you from back home at Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Guardians Weekly has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance.